Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, however you're listening. Welcome back to another episode of the It's Not Orange podcast. We're back to preview our season opener versus Burton Albion this weekend and look back on currently what is a very quiet week at the seaside. To help us preview our season opener, we welcome Ed Walker to the podcast. Good evening, Ed. How are you doing? Good evening, Tom. I'm doing well. I'm in the mood for the new season. Feels like it's been a while. Yeah, it kicks off tomorrow, doesn't it, with a quite an exciting game in, in the Championship and it'd be nice just to have a bit of normality back to the weekends. Yeah, it's quite nice. We've got um, our Burton Sticks schedule came out, we've got yourselves on opening day and then we're Fleetwood final day. So we'll get used to that part of the country during Lovely. this season. It'll be good fun. <laughs> and welcome back, Kurt. How you doing? Yeah, mate, good. Um, I was going to say really looking forward to the season, but when we've got beaten at home by Port Vale in three weeks' time, I'll probably be, you know, back to the usual um, sort of feelings. But no, looking forward to it. Yeah, it's a, it's a tricky game to start with as well, isn't it? Um, I think any game's tricky, opening game, because no one knows much about anyone. But um, good time for any sort of newly promoted side to play. Um, big teams, in my opinion, but we'll, we'll get on to that a bit later. And Martin, good evening. How are you? I'm great. Great. Nice to see you all, guys. How are you doing? Yeah, very well. Um, we're going to start um, with, as we always do with the podcast, um, and talk a little bit about our guests. So, Ed, first of all, please introduce yourself and tell us about how you got involved in the footballing world. Oh, it's a quite a long story. So, my name is Edward Walker. Um, this takes back quite a long time, really. I suppose I've maybe gotten a football quite a bit later, I think, than other people would. It was kind of around sort of 11, 12 high school age when I finally actually started getting into sport. I know they have people who had a ball at the feet from sort of four or five years old or influenced by the families. It wasn't so much the case for me. But I got into football kind of around high school years. And I, I remember the first Burton Albion game I went to, my own club, was one against Heritage United. It was their first season in League Two, 2009-10. Burton won 3-2. The only goal I can remember from that game was the last goal. It was an 88th-minute winner by a club legend called Aaron Webster. Left back, left wing, played everywhere up the left-hand side, over 100 goals to the club, scored at the back post. 3-2 win, great way to start it off. And it was it was very much casual support of Burton, I would say, in my earlier years. It was kind of maybe do two, three games a year, largely. But they kept winning every time I went. So naturally, me as a naive kid kept thinking, oh, I'm a bit of a good luck charm here. So I'll, I'll keep with that. And I think it took until um, maybe my ninth or tenth game for them to lose. And I can remember it still. It was a game against Chesterfield the year they won League Two. Drew Talbot from 35 yards out just smashed in the top corner of the Pirelli. So I remember that one. And then as time progressed, get more and more invested. And then around the time I was in sixth form, sort of 17-18, Burton went back-to-back promotions. Up as League Two champion straight up the following year up to League One. Um playing in the championship the moment I started university and that was by that point on I was hooked and it's remained a burden on my life ever since really letting my weekend get decided by 22 men running around a rectangular pitch but I'm sure we're all in the same boat with that one absolutely you've had some um in different times so to speak some struggling times but also sort of never a boring moment sporting Burton no, we've been punching above weight for well over a decade now. I mean, the, the history of the club really is in is in non-league. Started out very low down, into the Football League in 2009, gone and played in all three divisions since. League One now, I think it's six consecutive seasons. And to be honest, even for a club of our size, with the fan base to generate the income we generate, we're, we're punching above weight even now. So it's good to be competitive in this field. Yeah, also good to have some stability over the, over the last sort of six years as well, isn't it? Absolutely. Um, talk to us quickly about your previous podcast and sort of your involvement within the EFL, just for anyone that doesn't know you. Yeah, so this happened um, 
rather out of the blue actually I, I was originally working with a company called Football Radar um, some people might be familiar with them the people who run Football Radar are called the Reeds Brothers they are the owners of Notts County they took over them I think it was three four years ago now took that over so I was working for them as their, their League 2 analyst so I was in charge of half of the teams in League 2 covering their games essentially trying to predict the lineup ahead of each match that was my work for them and I got rung out of the blue by a guy called James Richards who was running a podcast called D3D4 Football it had been running for a couple of years at the time focused on League 1 and 2 in particular depth giving a lot of attention to those leagues because the general perception was that mainstream media didn't really care about them as much it was all on the Premier League and starting to get into the Championship but there wasn't really anything in depth League 1, League 2 and he was keen to get me on board as someone with a keen interest in League 2 and I did it was December 2019 got involved in the first two episodes absolutely loved it and remained a regular for the rest of the time we were doing it for the next three and a half years taking over as host for the final season where we've, we've sadly had to bring it to an end at the end of last season due to um, commitments generally from the group of us but it was a really good fun to have really good to experience and we got to enjoy Blackpool's promotion season with it as well so that was a great laugh yeah, it was an excellent podcast for those that sort of listen to it. Um, I listen to it regularly and it was excellent. Your knowledge is brilliant. And, you know, you're up there with the likes of Not the Top 20 and, you know, in terms of accolades and people listening to you. So, you know, every credit for, for a very good podcast over the last few years. And it was sad to see it end, but it's good just to see you still involved um, in the AFL. Yeah, I'll, I'll always stay invested in this now. I've just grown a love for it. I think you, you guys will realise yourselves as lower league followers. It's just more fun down here. I think the diversity of the teams, the fact there is that more unpredictability to it, because you know realistically in the top flight what's going to happen at the top end and the bottom end, and the chance to enjoy promotion and, of course, playoffs, which at the end of the season is the best thing if football's ever invented. It delivers every single time, and anyone who got involved in, say, the League One playoffs last year with that Sheffield Wednesday-Peterborough game knows exactly how good those playoffs can be. So great fun. Yeah, we definitely know about the playoffs, don't we, as Blackpool fans, Kurt? Playoff kings, aren't we? Uh, most successful team in the EFL, absolutely. So yeah, I, st- I still remember watching. You had Luton in League Two, wasn't it? I remember that. Yeah, I remember. Uh, that. We don't really talk about that, unfortunately. But yeah, it was um, even e- even those looking back in you know looking back in history where you can watch with you know with clearer eyes now that e- that game was even crazy, wasn't it? A last minute last minute goal to get us to the final. So, but yeah. Um, Kurt, I'm going to come to you because you haven't, you haven't been on for a couple of weeks. So um, this week, um, other than sort of hips, which we'll come on to later, started with the boss of the Dross, as Martin calls him, Alan Nixon, saying we were interested um, in both Josh Feeney um, and Banks from Crystal Palace. Both have yet to come to fruition. And and it's to say, to say I'm worried is, is probably an over, you know, overstatement, but it's one of those ones where we've been linked to a name, whether it's come from someone else, their agent or, or the club where we, we, we've gone into a week where we haven't made any signings when we're potentially after some, some targets. Yeah. Um, I don't know anything about either Feeney or Banks. I don't think most Blackpool fans would, um, same with Moxon at Carlisle. I think both positions, you know, uh, Banks a bit more creative from what I've read. Uh, Feeney's a young centre back. They're not particularly areas that we need to really. I'm really worried about one uh, is is a more um, a larger striker, you know, and an out and out winger, or if we even play that sort of formation. So, um, I think we've seen over the last few years, with and even though we've changed sort of senior leadership at the club, we did there a lot over transfers. 
we seem to to make these bids and then nothing happened. You know, we, Brannigan, we went through about what three or four windows on it. Um, I don't think we need to be too worried because we've got a very good squad of players already. I think we've probably got a top six, top seven, top eight squad already. I think the worrying thing for us is is if either Lavery, you know, doesn't fire or gets injured, we're very exposed. You know, lack of goals will be pretty clear. So, um, I. Th- it would have been nice for the club to get these players in and get them ready for pre-season. Um, I wouldn't be too too worried or too concerned right now. We've clearly got money and we want to spend it, but we want to spend it properly. Um, I think it also highlights the fact that Blackpool is, although we're now more competitive on the salary front, not a lot of players want to leave that London bubble or, you know, want to be traveling to Blackpool. So there's still that element of trying to attract players. You know, we're going to be trying to take Banks and, and Feeney away from Birmingham and London. So um, especially Banks on a permanent. So, yeah, I think we just need to to bide our time, be patient, see what the weekend brings um, and go from there. Yeah, Martin, what's your thoughts? I think Kurt said we've got a fairly strong side. I, I do agree, I think probably about 14 players, 15 players could probably start in a lot of League One sides. But on the flip side to that, as as Kurt just said, if someone gets injured, a Lavery or a Norburn or someone like that, we, we in my opinion, become immediately exposed. And we, we versus other clubs, we, we lose a lot of strength and depth. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's been frustrating this week because you hear names being linked and we're all we're all frustrated football fans. Where as soon as we see a name linked, we kind of keep refreshing Twitter or X or whatever it's called now, to, to hopefully see that signing made. But I'm with Kurt to be honest. Um, I'm not worried. I think how many clubs at the start of the season in August have their squad in place realistically? I mean, there's plenty of Premier League teams that are still searching and still will be searching. I'm I'm not worried. I think I think for the first two or three games. Um, the squad is ready to go, but but you're right. And it, we keep saying this every week we've had this podcast. We we are short up front. L- Lavery looks great, but we know he's had injury problems. If he gets injured, I do worry where the goals will come from because Joseph, we're not quite sure how fit he is yet. Um, and I don't have much faith in our other centre forward. So um, that's a must. Um, I'd love to see Bank. I've seen Banks play a couple of times. I really like him. Um, he's, he's a really good player. Um, he would definitely improve us. Feeney, I know nothing about, but um, I'm hopeful they can get Banks over the line because I think that's a statement of intent. I think the fee's been talked about 600 grand in total. So that's a good statement for League One, I think. So, so yeah, the sooner the better. We just top it up with a bit of quality that could be the difference. Yeah, do you have thoughts on, on Banks um, being linked to Blackpool? I love Scott We've, Banks. Yeah. Really, he'd be a really, really good player. He is, he's your classic. I'm going to call him Robin Light because that's the side he plays on. He, he comes in from the right hand side onto that left foot where he has a lot of attacking influence, and he was excellent for Carlisle United as part of. Uh, sorry, not even Carlisle United played against Carlisle United. The Bradford, Bradford yeah. as part of their run to the playoffs last year, mm-hmm. probably outside of Andy Cook, their biggest attacking threat because there were a few they were dependent on Bradford and Scott Banks was absolutely one of them for them. He would be, I think, a really, really nice fit and a lot of fun in this Blackpool team and I'd love to see it happen. Yeah, it would be good for the league but also, you know, as Blackpool fans we probably look a bit, some fans think we've got one of the best squads in the league and some think, like myself, if if we do want to be serious playoff or automatic, Blackpool automatic promotion, that would be a dream, wouldn't it? Um, but, but, Nonetheless, it's it's one of those ones where you see the likes of Charlton signing 
um, you know, the quality they have. Portsmouth, Derby, you know, a few others signing quite a lot of strength in depth. You look at their whole squad and there is quite a lot of strength in those teams. And, you know, we get I to would, the point. I would add, Tom, frontline problems are every club's problem. Yeah. It, it always happens. You'll find every fan base is out there looking up. We need some goal scorers. It's just the way it is. There's so few of them generally around that a lot of clubs can pick up. Yeah, I think, like Kurt said, we're probably biding our time. We've been very specific with our with our um, targets, which I really like. I think the difference is we made the signings or some signings, um, some, in my opinion, uh, signings of the window um, with the likes of Norburn and Pennington join, I think is the yeah, excellent um, acquisitions. But because we've done those so early on, we were expecting quite a lot more afterwards and it's now been three and a half weeks of absolute silence. So... Um, just to go back on sort of our front line, what's your thoughts on, on Joseph signing signing for Blackpool as a part of the Jerry Yates sort of situation? It's a bit of a weird one because um, Joseph is a name I've been familiar with for quite a long time. You go back to when he was very, very young at Wigan and uh, it was a game against Burton actually where he first caught the eye. He got a hat-trick in a game where Burton led three times and still lost. It was one of those days. <laughs> <laughs> it was a horrible occasion, but that was when he first caught my eye and it, there was a big prospect and they're coming out of Wigan and Swansea picked him up and it's not quite worked out for them and now maybe down in League One, there's definitely potential with him. I'm still not entirely sure where his primary position is. I think he's naturally wanted to be a striker, but I know he can be deployed out wide. So I'll be a bit curious to see what Critchley does with him this season. But there's definitely a properly good player in there and he's still a very good age. Yeah, it's only 21. And I think Critch said he wants to use him as a nine and he's taken that number nine shirt as well. So he's been back in training for a couple of weeks. I suspect him to even be on the bench. I think it's just important the... to not expect him to be eight. Just this idea that the SES essentially been a swap deal with him, but that not, he's not going to be the same as Yates. We know how exceptional Yates was. Yeah. I'd, yeah, I think a similar mould in terms of his persistent pressing and what he could be, but he, he would undoubtedly want to make a name for himself, won't he? So mm-hmm. um, on the subject of Blackpool signings, Ed, we're going to come over to you. Um, what do you make of Blackpool's windows so far and who's been your most impressive signing that Blackpool have made? Well, the, the opinion, I'm, I'm quite positive on Blackpool at the start of the season. I'm feeling quite positive that they can certainly be a top six challenger, potentially top two, depending on what else gets added in. And I quite like the way you guys have gone about this, really, where you're just bringing in ones who are already well-proven at this level. Matthew Pennington's a really good addition, as you mentioned there, Tom. Great right-side defender, really good to Shrewsbury Town. Oliver Norburn, fantastic. All-action midfielder, previously at Shrewsbury, then at Peterborough United, really good addition. Albie Morgan gives you quite a good bit of versatility I think can be deployed out wide if you're playing say a flat four in midfield or being deployed centrally or in attacking midfield likewise the same Carl Joseph we'll see what comes with that one and I'm trying to recall who else you put it out the top of my head I think that's about it isn't it with, other than the keeper um, Mackenzie Chapman who was at, uh, yeah, who was at Oxford for a little Chapman, bit yeah, yeah. Um, like I said we've been linked to, to a few names now um we said last week we'll do this pod and we'll be talking about a couple of new signings, but it's yet to come to fruition. And I think we need to prioritise Martin in in that forward area, depending what business we're going to do. But do you, do you think that's where Critchley's going to, or, or the club is going to sort of prioritise? I think it has to be really. I think we've touched on this before, but our midfield, I don't know, Ed, if you saw much of us in the Championship last season. Um, sorry if you did. Um, but midfield was our weakest no point, and it and it's now probably arguably our strongest, or or certainly that this starting three. If we were going to play for a, a three or, or a two in midfield, it's very strong. But it's got to be it's got to be forward players and and some width, 
and we've talked about um, CJ Hamilton quite a bit Ed, on on the pod the last few weeks. Um, <laughs> he, he, he he's Kurt's favourite player. Kurt loves him. Um, he's just so he's just useless basically. He's a, he's very quick and he gets the byline or he gets to the edge of the penalty area and he just knocks it I've, against the first I've man. Kind and wondered, a corner. I've kind of wondered. I've kind of wondered if he's one of those who might benefit from a drop down a league, but you don't sound so sure on that. Well, he had his moments in League One. Um, I think we're just scarred by what happened last season. I think he can be useful, uh, maybe in an away match when you're struggling a little bit, you need an out ball or, or somebody to kind of come on and change it. But he's not a starter for me, I don't think. I think, guys, are we agreed? Kurt, Kurt doesn't think he should even be um, anywhere near a football field, do you? I, I think the problem that I have with CJ is that he, he, at times in League One, made us play very anti-football in that what we would do is we'd knock it into the right-back's channel and then watch him sprint onto it and then hope he do something with it. He doesn't have um, too much outside of knocking it past someone and sprinting onto it, which is very schoolyard-type football Sunday league type football he doesn't have any skill to beat a man so if he comes up against a pacey right back which is part of his problem in the championship is every right back or wing back is pacey at that level he's very ineffective and he doesn't he, he doesn't come inside he doesn't cut in um he sometimes he'll he'll whip across a you know whip across across the face of the goal or something he'd be like where where's that come from because he he'll do it once in every seven or eight games, and that's that's my problem with him is the consistency and his general footballing ability, and that at this level it then brings you on to playing anti football and hitting that long ball over the top and getting him to chase it. It becomes very one dimensional, and that's that's part of my issue with him. Not necessarily so much the player; it's the style of football it brings. Yeah. Kurt, you're spot on, and he, Martin said he had his moments in League One. I think, you know, the assist against Peterborough, Inter Medine, and a few other moments. But he only he only got three assists in League One, and sort of backs up what Kurt said. Like he, he's very busy, but he he almost needs, um, as Ed, you've just said, maybe maybe this season in League One because mm. Critchley's persisted with him in in preseason, hasn't he? And he's undoubtedly probably going to be. A, a starter, but we'll, we'll have to see what comes to that. But he, he certainly needs more more goals um, and more assists to his game if he's going to have a massive impact on this team, or whether he's going to be used maybe as a, a more versatile sort of wing back with, with, with the system we've played. So um, mm-hmm. we'll have to see. We we'll have to see on that. But we hope mm-hmm. to see sort of after this weekend that we we bring something in because I think like like Kurt said and a few others have said we've got a spate of games. Like I think we've got Derby. Um, Exeter, Port Vale, and then Leighton Orient, haven't we? They come thick and fast these games, so it's really important that we don't get any injuries, and it's really important that we sort of hit the ground running. Because if we have a bumpy road and Lavery gets injured, then we're all of a sudden struggling if we don't recruit. But anyway, moving on um, to the to the weekend, um, and Ed, we come back to you um, in terms of Burton Albion. You've had a very busy um, uh, window, haven't you? Yes. I think got nine or ten players out, and about ten or eleven players in. Um, the players you've brought in, in my opinion, have been mixed. Um, you've had some really good quality brought in, um, notably Cole Stockton, potentially Rakeem Harper to being on, I think, League One. He should be decent. Steve Seddon, and with a bit of experience. But you have obviously lost the likes of Terry Taylor, which I think is a big loss. Um, Borthwick Jackson was played about half a season with you and was a fairly important player in those games. But it seems a tradition now, doesn't it, with uh, Burton Albion to lose a lot of players and bring some in every season? Yeah, I would start by saying no one's missing Borthwick Jackson. He's just gone to Poland. He has, uh, yeah. On a no free. one quite understands how he's ended up there. And uh, I mean, he's out of the country, so we're quite happy with that. He really was not 
that good a player. Really was not. He yeah. played a lot because there wasn't another left back alternative. That was part of the problems for them. But yeah, um, generally I think people are, are quite positive actually about the businesses coming. It's it's been needed. Um, under Hasselbank, it was a case of quite a bit of dead wood had been left from the couple of seasons ago when a big overhaul was done with the attempt to try and reform a side. And a lot of those, some of those players worked out, some of those players didn't, and a lot of the ones who didn't were still in the books this time, the end of last season. So it's a case of reforming those, putting a new side together. Uh, I'm pretty happy with how it looks at the minute. The only real concern I've got at the moment is how it's looking on the pitch. We were quite positive um, two weeks ago in a pre-season game against Crewe when it was a really nice progressive style of play. It looked like it could cause real problems. And these two most recent pre-season games they've had against Stoke City and Scunthorpe United have gone back to the old kind of hit and rush direct try to feed off moments. There's still a very big set piece threat in this team, which has been for a number of years. But again, there's a lot of points we're looking at is thinking they're too hesitant on the ball, too keen to try and work it through with little effect rather than actually trying to get into the box and cause problems. So I think the the opinion's quite mixed at the minute heading into this first game against Blackpool. Yeah, and what do you what do you make of your window in terms of well, I know you said you're happy, but have you are you impressed with any of the signings you've brought in? Yeah, yeah, there's definitely things to be positive. Um, the standout one was the very first one in, which is Cole Stockton, who has been, well, two years ago, he was the third top scorer in this league with Morecambe, where everything was just turned to dust. And it, it took a long time for him to get properly going last season, but in the back end of the campaign, he was hitting the form again, getting very close to keeping Morecambe over the line. He's someone who can score just the most spectacular shots from range. If he stays in goal, he will go for it. He likes shooting the halfway. And sometimes that pays off and sometimes that goes quite close to the goal and goes far away. So he, he's someone we're very keen to see a lot more of this season and, and be the main output of goals. I'm quite keen on one of the lads we've had actually since January, like Mark Helm. He's an attacking midfielder, likes taking up positions on the left-hand side, drifting inside onto his right foot. I think by the end of this season, he could potentially be the star man in this team. And then some of the solid additions, you mentioned Rekim Harper. I'm a little bit worried about him mm-hmm. in possession. He plays in this role in kind of deeper midfield in front of the back line where he's key to getting the ball, taking it on the turn and playing it through into the midfield third. And if he doesn't get the control right, you've almost left with an open space for people to just advance through. And that does happen on occasions. And it's kind of a mistake that really needs to be cut out before the season starts because, well, CJ Hamilton will be quite happy with that. He gets the chance to run (laughs) through the gap and advance all the way to goal on his own. Yeah. um, Kurt, do you want to ask your question? Go ahead, mate. Yeah, our last question in a second. One of the things I looked at Burton's um, squad and some of the signings they made, I thought Jamal Blackman is an interesting signing because mm-hmm. he had a good a good season at Exeter. Um, and he is the goalkeeper that Blackpool fans have been crying out for for probably about 10 years. You know, six foot seven, he's, he's big. We've always said that we've wanted a big goalkeeper. I can't remember the last big goalkeeper we've had. Uh, the amount of goals that we concede from corners is getting a bit boring, to be honest. But um, yeah, I thought that's, that he's a good signing for me as well. Um, but what 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 do you think um, is success for Burton this season? What's the, you know, is it safety first? Is it you know, right trying to progress on last season, or what what, what does a good season look like for Burton? I, I would say it's staying away from any serious trouble and progressing if we can. Fifteenth last year was quite high actually compared to where they were for most of the campaign. It's because of quite a strong end of the season. They just about ended up towards the top end of the bottom half. I think people would naturally want to improve in that position slightly, but at the very least, avoid something like last year where they're having to look over the shoulder all the trouble. And it's 
it's interesting because there's no doubt in our eyes that there is quite an open league one this year. There's less favourites. There is a potential opportunity for some of the ones who were in that middle pack last year to kick on and actually make a genuine push to the top six. And I think if Burton could implement a quite effective style of play, they would have a chance of doing that with the players they have. So people at the very minimum want comfortable mid-table, but some are wondering about the idea that we could maybe start kicking on a little bit more. Ed, have you got the right manager in place, would you say? Because I, I remember when I was at uni years ago, Dino Mamre was a, a real favourite of a guy that I used to share a house with when he played for Doncaster. And he was an absolute legend. And I, I think he's a real character, isn't he? He's somebody that is like a cool hero at Donny. So I just wondered, is, how has he trans, translated into a manager? And have you got, is he the right guy for you? Yeah, I, I try not to use the cliche, but he's like the club. He's come from very humble beginnings, worked his way up, both in management and as a player. Started out with likes of Southport, Northridge, Victoria, where he's inheriting sides in relegation trouble, getting them to safety and progressing them from there. Similar situations with Oldham and Stevenage. And he comes in as originally his assistant, Jimmy Thalassabank, takes over them in when we had one point from seven games and in a really perilous position, takes them out of that. And it, it just works at the minute. He's, he's got a real passion for coaching. He, he strives to develop his game constantly. He's never satisfied with the level of coaching and tactical knowledge that he has. He always strives to improve that. And generally, he just understands, look, we're not one of the giants of the league. We are one of the underdogs this level. We're one of the smallest outfits in League One. He's aware of that, but always feels like, much like himself, he can punch above his weight and make us competitive. It's a really good thing at the moment. Did you think he'll progress as, as time goes on in, in, in League One with with what you just spoke about, with the style of play, and he'll find different ways to, or have you found he's found different ways to sort of pick up points within games and use his experience at lower leagues to to, to grind out results and, and sort of pick up performances? Yeah, that's the hope. The big thing to him when he when he came in originally last September was he just installed belief back into the players again. You, you started knowing, see, I remember the very first win we had that season was down at Exeter, long way round to pick up a 2-0 win. And all of a sudden, he's just started getting the team always huddled together just at the end of the game. It's little sort of things like that that you think are natural with a football team, but that wasn't happening before. People were just kind of walking off, doing their own thing, not really together with each other. And now it's all about that unity within the group. And he's installed that fire back into the team that got them out of trouble last year. I'm a little bit cautious of the fact that there's no clear objective at the moment. Last year, it was survival the moment he came in. We knew that. And now it's kind of like we're not quite sure what the objective is. So I'm a little bit wondering if if he's able to install as much fire in a team that doesn't quite know what they're going to do. There there must be something sort of in his head where he's going to, like a goal with the team, surely it's not sort of take each game as it comes to the end. Yeah, but it's more the case to me where we we knew survival was the target after about seven games last year. And now we're kind of looking at it thinking, it's weird to call, I suppose you could call top half the target in some ways, but it's kind of weird to think we're targeting like 13th, 14th. It's, you can't really get yourself up the same way as saying to go with like 20th or 6th place, can you? Yeah, it's, it's a weird one, isn't it? Because aiming for mid-table means you've got to get you, get yourself out of the sort of the danger zone early on. So if you start to lose games, potentially you yeah. slip into that mindset of survival. But if you pick up a few wins, then you kind of got a free hit giving it a go and you've you put a run together a couple of seasons ago the year we went up actually I remember you playing I think it was a 1-1 draw against us and you mm-hmm. started going you think you were unbeaten in 10-11 games wasn't it? Second you, half of that season they had a playoff record yeah that's exactly that's when yeah. came in it was a strong start yeah. it was a similar thing to last season actually where I think it was a top 10 record from the moment Dino came in so if there is the potential to keep with that it would certainly be a decent season for the Brewers Okay, so talk to us about where where you think you can 
do well against Blackpool? Where do you think you can sort of exploit? Well, there'll be a lot of eyes on Stockton, but the star man for me in this team will always be Sam Hughes, who is right at the centre of our back three, 26-year-old centre-half. He, I generally believe he's one of the best defenders in the division. He is just so commanding, absolutely perfect, an aerial monster. Burton, as I said, have a big set-piece threat. Part of our threat is that we send it deep to the back post and he heads it back across and then someone attacks it. It's always the same trick every time and people just can't handle it because he will always beat the man to the ball. And being brought up in the Leicester City Academy as a young age, he's also quite comfortable on the ball. So if he does get it down in the back line, he's had very happy carrying into midfield, progressing it forwards and playing from there. And he's if if he's not in the team on Saturday, we're in trouble because there was a period last season, it was only three games against uh, Morecambe, Grimsby and Shrewsbury where he wasn't there and Burton shipped 10 goals in those three games <laughs> because he wasn't there and that was the reason. If he was there, that wouldn't have happened. Lost 5-0 to Morecambe, 4-0 to Bristol, to Shrewsbury and 1-0 to Grimsby and it, it just wouldn't have happened with him in there. So uh, for me, he is the most integral man at the minute in this team in both boxes. Kurt, um, I'll come to you that sort of tactic how do you think we will how, how do you think we'll do against that sort of side this season bear in mind last season it was such an Achilles heel for us mainly but maybe because of the tactics but the goalkeeping sort of presence etc do you think Critchley's fixed that this year with his signings I think we've um, approached this season a little bit different in terms of the recruitment and the structure and we're going to obviously stick to a back three with wing backs um, you know with with ball playing midfielders so I think he's going structure compact first and then find a way to to make Carey Albie Morgan um, Lavery get into the game you know probably given Lions at right wing back probably a bit of a license to go do what he wants because he's got a bit of a knack for for getting goals I mean I think you said the other week Tom wasn't he our second highest scorer last season and he only joined in January which is ridiculous as it is um, so I think we, I'm hoping that we're going to do a little bit better. We seem to have a knack, or we have done over the last few years, is when we, especially in the championship, when we've played your your higher teams, your Fulhams, you know, your Sheffield United, your Burnleys, we've got results. When we've come up against teams where, you know, ultimately we are favourites on Saturday, whether, you know, whether we should or we shouldn't be, that's whatever. But when we've come against teams that we're supposed to be, we've always struggled against. So it's going to be interesting. And it's very difficult to predict right now because, you know. Yeah, this is the challenge because I, I generally don't know how Burton are actually going to look on Saturday. I have a rough idea of the shape. I think we're going to play a kind of 3 4 2 1, I'd call it, with two kind of fluid attacking materials behind Cole Stockton. But I don't know how they're going to play it. I don't know if we're going to get that progressive passive system that we've seen at Crew. Or we're going to get this more direct, sit back a little bit, try and hit them on the break, make use of set-piece opportunities. I'm, I really don't know what's coming at the middle on that occasion. Could cancel Martin. each other out, can you? It, you know, mm. the, it looks if you're playing similar structure. You know, they're playing three at the back, we're playing three at the back, sit two behind the striker. We might be playing similar formations, might cancel each other out, and it might be a bit of a a cagey game. You know, I hope not because um, it looks like it's going to be a good crowd on. But, um, you know, l- looking at the formation that Burton played all last season, it's very similar to what we're trying to do. So it'd be very interesting. Martin, I'll come to you. Albie Morgan um, muted a point where, again, Gritchley, we didn't expect anything less really, but he's been very detailed with his opponents and he was quietly confident sat there to say they've been trying the system, whatever system they choose to to, to play on Saturday and, and, and they know their know their role. 
with the way that Burton plays, is it about the quality we have potentially over Burton in each position, or do you think Critchley will have his own way to sort of play around that quite rigid formation and, and avoid the counter attack? I think I mean Critchley's flexible, isn't he? He, he, he? You know, he can change it, and we've seen that in pre-season. Um, I think we've definitely got the physicality to to deal with with Burton, um, uh, or at least compete. Like, you know, let, let's say that we, 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 I don't think we're going to get bullied, and 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 you know, I think we've got enough protection in there to protect that back four. And then it's that old cliche, isn't it, that if you if you can win your battles and you start to get on the ball and 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 start to show what you can do, I'm confident that we can we can do that. But I agree, it's a dangerous game this for Blackpool because I think we touched on this again last week. A, a lot of people will turn up thinking it's it's only Burton will win, but as soon as you start thinking that, it's ridiculous. It's a ridiculous. Um, mindset so we have to go and earn the right to play because I think we're a bit of a I don't know how Ed feels but I mean we're not we're not Derby County I guess you know when it's not a 30,000 seat stadium at Blackpool but we've been in the championship and and uh, we'd be a scalp I think for yeah a lot of teams let me put it here. this way when the fixtures came out I wish it was one of the other two relegated sides we've got instead of you I wish it was Reading right. the situation there in the minute that would be quite handy to start the season against them and I I think my feeling at the minute is that you are going to be the clear best performing of the three relegated sides and the most capable of making a media return that's my feeling so I'm quite conscious about the challenge that's ahead of us here quite a tough opening game for us yeah it's interesting Reading have been tipped to finish quite high on a couple of uh, sites that I was looking at this week and I, I, I personally don't see that I think they're beset, still beset by with quite a few yep. problems um, we, and Wigan, Wigan have got their obvious handicap of starting with a minus eight points difference so yeah I agree with you but no Tom we, we have to earn the right to go and play don't we and, and Critchley's not arrogant enough to to set up a team thinking that we can just walk it, it we, we, we'll it might be pragmatic at times it could be a, a tricky half an hour feeling each other out and then and then hopefully the quality can take over but I, I'm I've got a bit of trepidation I'm 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 hoping for a win but no I can't expect it because this is league one and I, I'm and, reminded um, of the dangerous. last time I last time I went up to Bloomfield Road um was it 1819? You had Armand Nandwile lean the line and he bullied them second half. I remember it was nil nil half time and you scored within about 30 seconds of the second half starting. Yeah. I and I can remember one of your goals where you literally hit on the break and I could see the guy advancing down the left. I can picture, I can't remember it was, but I can picture him now running down the left wing to get on the end of the cross and I'm thinking, no one's marking him, no one's going near him. And lo and behold, you just played <laughs> straight into him and he scores. I can't remember it was now, but I definitely remember coming out of that game feeling very different at full time to what I did half time on that occasion. It was probably Feeney because the Feeney and Angelea combination was unrivaled, wasn't it? When when he was at the club, um, do you, just just to round off sort of the the preview. Obviously, it's it's difficult to get a feel for to form and and how you line up because you're not sure. But do you, do you, are you worried in any particular from what you've seen pre-season with Burton and the system you play? Are you worried about any sort of opposition players? from the seasiders that are probably going to do quite a lot of damage yeah. in, in certain areas of the pitch? Yeah, we seem to be putting the wing-backs pretty high up, part of the press, which is all right when you're playing Jasper Moon on the left-hand side because he's quite an athletic defender. But if we start Ryan Sweeney there, that's a very strong but very immobile defender who I would worry going to get caught, especially if he's got Jake Caprice or Steve Seddon playing ahead of him who's going to push pretty high up in the press. So there'd be an opportunity to definitely attack down our right-hand side there. And then even similar, really, on, on our right-hand side, your left-hand side, it, it's John Brayton who's been a, a legend of the club, but he's now 35 and is not the same player he was previously. So it's part of the reason Sam Hughes is such big importance, really, because he is he is the most capable defender, most mobile defender of the ones who set up in that back three. And I think if we get caught with the wing-backs too high, that could be quite a problem for us. OK. 
interesting to see how that plans out. Um, we'll talk very briefly on the Hibs game from the weekend. Um, a really decent performance from the Seasiders. I think looking back at the the ninety minutes, um, which I sat through, sort of obviously when they came came on Tangerine TV, we we looked a team that has probably the most purpose I've seen from any Blackpool side for a very long time. And I know it's only pre-season, we weren't playing the strongest hip side, but there's been a couple of games this season and it came to a little bit with the Plymouth game and, and others where Critchley's plan is clearly quite meticulous and each pass it was meant to do something rather than just aimlessly have the ball. So, And we scored different types of goals as well. So as the season progresses and hopefully we sign more players, that's that's got to be a positive sign, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, I've only seen the highlights really um, from it. Some of the things uh, that I noted that I thought was quite impressive. I, I love the fact that Pennington's happy to be whipping the ball in the, you know, in the box. Um, I can't imagine Marv would be doing that, but put some good crosses in, and I believe one of his um, crosses uh, led to Lavery's first goal. So, or Lavery's goal. Um, yeah, you're right. We are. We are. We're Critchley's. Um, you know, gone through all of the. FA UEFA coaching badges. I think he's a super coach. It's going to be structured. It's not going to be an Ian Holloway approach of all-out attack. Um, he's he's got does, to get the does balance. Does it feel right. like what was there before? Does it feel similar to what we were last time in league? Or is it different now? It's difficult, really, because um, we weren't there. Um, you know, mm. we all sat watching um, behind the t- you know, behind our pcs and stuff we only really got to the to the ground when we started to play the playoffs and even then there was only two thousand of us or four thousand at wembley so um uh, we i didn't really get a connection actually until later in the season you know it was a bit like watching any sort of football club at times but um and i I watched every single game because we couldn't do anything else right um (laughs) no i don't i don't know i i think um he approached the start of the League One season um, very stubbornly, um, very inexperienced. He was he was he kept to the same formation. We we had a really rough start, one win in ten or one win in nine. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how he how he gets on. It almost feels like the same but different, if that makes sense. I know it, we're not going to know until we're sort of five to ten games in as to what he wants to do properly um, and and how good this squad can be in League One. Um, I think the fans got to be patient um, because we've had a bit of a rough ride the last 12 months. Um, it it was really poor, really poor last year. And it felt like it was poor through our own doing. Previously, through the Oysters, it was poor because it was just poor and we put up with it. And any success was cherished. You know, it almost happened by accident. Whereas this mm. felt like it, we could have avoided what happened last year. That's why I feel fans are a little bit annoyed. Um, due to the decisions that were made. So um, I think the fans got to be patient. You know, if Saturday doesn't go well, if we haven't won in the first couple, you know, I think Neil's got a bit of credit in the bank from his success, but he's also got to be careful because if we get go 10 games without, you know, 10 games and one win again, fans will probably start turning on him straight away. Yeah, I, f- I think pre-season is really difficult, isn't it? We've, we've scored three, four, five goals in games and you can say, it's a bit different because we're scoring a lot of goals. What Critchley did last time was, as you probably know, covering it with D3, D4 and, and just generally watching football. We And Championship, to be fair, I've, I said it last week, there was games against Fulham where he completely changed the team. Um, we, we pressed, but only every few minutes when Fulham had the ball and they looked a bit dangerous and all of a sudden you get four players um, plus the striker sort of 
and they weren't used to that. So he he knew, you know, he he done his research and what what I found during preseason, Martin's been at a couple of games, so I'll come to him next. But what what I found is we're doing things with a bit more quality because undoubtedly we have a better squad. So the likes of Norburn we've been missing for years. Um, as much as oh, I'm going to go go for Kenny Dougal once again, an absolute hero. Um, obviously in the playoff final, and you know he he has his games and and he doesn't have his games, but we haven't had that all action midfielder as you you explained at the start of the pod. We've really really missed that for for a long time and. Bear in mind, we've got the likes of Tribal um, to, to join him. We've got, you know, we've got centre midfielders now which have so much experience. And if they stay injury free, he's going to utilise them really well and they're going to work well with him because they're experienced footballers. What we're missing is probably a bit of creativity out wide. Um, as we spoke about CJ Hamilton, Owen Dale, half a good season at, at Portsmouth last year, but ultimately he's probably going to dip in and out of form. Um, and and I think Lyons is going to be one of the best players in League One next season. So we need a bit of quality, whether that's going to be alone or permanent, or, or in, in the form of Banks, you know, or or Kerry or Albie Morgan potentially. But they're not out and out wide creativity players, are they? So we'll see. I think what Critchley won't allow is is complacency, and I think he'll he he won't lose focus. And we need a few more players in the squad for allow him to do that every single game. But. I'm looking forward to having a different purpose this year and I want to see us score more goals and I'm hoping we, we add the additions to allow us to do that because I think if we're structured but we can really hurt teams, that's that's where it becomes risky risky under the old Critchley. You know, if we play a more a team that likes to score goals, we potentially wouldn't score more than them. We we often won games one nil or two one or you know, we didn't score a lot of goals. So we'll see what that comes with that. But I think he and I don't know if you agree, Martin, but I think he 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 seems more focused this time around. Yeah, I, I think one of the things that I remember from from watching our League One promotion season was that at times I got a bit frustrated with just ball possession, just retention all the time, do nothing with it. You know, we we play with it on the, on the edge of our back four a little bit and and do very little and and but we were very good at seeing out games the, the, the pre-season that I've seen the, 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 the Morecambe game I mean, that wasn't a great example the first half especially but but the, the games that I've seen um, I think there is more kind of attacking with purpose and, and using the ball and, and not just kind of sideways passing it all the time and it, in some ways maybe a little bit more direct but not in a not in a hit and hope way in a, in a, in a kind of more up and atom sort of you know, we, we we'll we'll get at you a little bit more, uh, but obviously that might be different when it comes to the real thing. Um, but I do hope that we're a little bit more. And it's hard to criticise when you've you've had a promotion season under, under Critchley, and I really I'm a massive fan of Neil Critchley, as you know. But um, yeah, a couple of years ago, it was it, I felt that we just passed the ball for, with no real purpose to it, and I, and I think from what I've seen, we'll we'll be a bit more purposeful. And certainly not not complacent. I, uh, that, that's that's one of his key key attributes is that he he demands an awful lot from players. He's he's a, he's a coach who can manage. If that makes sense. Talking about the team for Saturday, we're going to pick our eleven, not we, what we think Critchley will do, because I think we we probably got about two teams right with uh, with Critchley when he was here. The Tinker Man striked, and he did very well. Clearly, getting promotion, um, but he made four changes, five changes in the semi final of the playoffs. So I think I'll keep to, keep to the theme of um, guessing or just uh, predicting our own lineups who we'd like to see. So um, Kurt. In terms of formation, are you quite confident we'll probably go with a, a three-five-two type formation against Burton? Yeah, something like that, or like a five-two-two-one, if that makes sense. Maybe you know, um, 
or f- I don't know, five four one, something like that. I think it's going to be a little bit um, fluid with you, Morgan and Kerry are probably going to be in there. I think Lavery's obviously going to be starting up top on his own. I'd be shocked if he's partnered by anybody. Um, yeah, I think that's probably the formation. We're going to go solid first, compact first, and then um, make sure we're trying to dominate the game and dominate in the right areas um, and, and make sure we're challenging properly. Um, that's going to be the first thing that I think Critch is going to be looking for um, because uh, Martin said earlier on, you don't just turn up to League One games. Um, you, you've really got to work hard for them and the football can be a little bit different to the championship. I think the championship can be a bit of higher intensity but higher high quality as well so um, they can be scrappy you've got to fight for your points you've got to fight for the second balls um, and we've got to do that first before anything so yeah okay so in short we'll go to that we'll select a 3-5-2 formation and um, is there question marks over the goalkeeping situation because Grimshaw started the reserve game didn't he start against Tranmere didn't he I believe, if I'm not wrong, and then Morecambe, it was O'Donnell, wasn't it? So, is there question marks over that? Because O'Donnell started some of the games. I'd be quite surprised if you use O'Donnell as your number one this season. I I, I agree, but it's just the way that Critchley maybe is keeping his opponents guessing early doors, but whether 10 games in, people are going to remember what we did in pre-season, I don't know. But um, Martin, what's your thoughts? Do you think Grimshaw's going to be number one this season? Uh, I'd be very, very shocked if he wasn't. um, You know, I don't know about you guys, but I'm I'm almost surprised that Grimshaw is still here. I mean, maybe it's the change of manager, but you know, Ed, I, I, I'm sure you're aware of this because your knowledge seems to be absolutely spot on about us. Um, you know, he 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 got dropped last season by he shall shall not be named uh, for making one mistake against Rotherham. Uh, I never really saw him again until Dobby eventually got in and kind of decided that it was time for a change. But I, I would be shocked if Daniel Grimshaw isn't isn't playing week in, week out. He may well change it for the cup game next week against Derby and have O'Donnell in. But um, I should think Grimshaw would be extremely miffed if he wasn't playing in this in, in, in League One after what happened to him last season. So, yeah, Grimshaw all the way for me, definitely. Yeah, OK. Um, fancy picking the centre-backs for us, Kurt. Um probably pick themselves or two of them certainly do anyway but who we get, who would you go with the third choice to, to go alongside um, Marvs and Pennington yeah it'll be a husband will be be there it's that left foot option I'd imagine um, the, the question marks for me I think that's I think that's pretty fixed I'd be shocked if he didn't go Marv um, well Pennington on the right Marv in the middle and then husband um, on the left I think it's the wing back situation that um, Lions has got right wing back sort of locked up but we've seen CJ CJ there um, but I, I want to see Thompson um, you know he knows the position well he's played it for a long time I think this is the season and I know he had a bit of a situation at, uh, in one of the pre-season games um, I think this is a season where we actually see what we paid for <laughs> um, you know he came with a bit of glowing reviews you know everybody keeps talking about his man of the match against Man City in one of the games that he played in the Premier League well I want to see it now um, you know, he's got pace, he's got enthusiasm, um, he's got a bit of a temper on him that he needs to manage, you know, um, he can get wound up very easily, but um, we need to see that investment now that, you know, he, he can start again, he's got a fresh start like everybody else has at, at this club, um, but I would I would put a lot of faith in him from the start and, and go with Thompson at left wing back. I don't know if your, your opinions on Dominic Thompson, Ed, um, 
joined obviously from Brentford. We thought, as Kurt said, it was a pretty decent sign and started mm. reasonably well. Questions for me over his de- defensive positioning. There was times last year, I think, notably, wasn't it Sheffield United at home where he was almost on the centre circle for half the game. Uh, sorry, at centre back for half the game, leaving that the whole the whole wing back position completely empty. So positionally, he needs improvement. I don't think Richie will allow for for that anyway. But do you have any opinions on him? Not someone I've seen a lot of. I remember he had a spell at Switch Town two years ago, yeah. I think, when it on loan originally from Brentford, which is where I first came across him. And he was seen as quite an attack-heavy fullback on that occasion in a team that might well have been... Oh, they had so many managers at that point. Ipswich, was it Lambert? Was it was it Cook? I can't even remember at that point. But that's the first time I came across him. And he, he has always felt to me like, to be an attack-first player, is my understanding of him. Yeah. We we think the shape will allow him to be a bit of both. Don't you agree, Kurt? Yeah, I think it's going to be an expectation that um, that our wing backs are very attack minded, especially at home. You know, we don't we, we want to be dominating teams, dominating possession. That's what um, you want though, as well, when you play a formation like that, you want your wing backs up and high because they are your width. They're the ones who are going to get yeah. into crossing positions. So you want them up there, definitely. Yeah, and uh, uh, Tom said about Andy Lyons and. Andy Lyons is, you know, when you watch those YouTube clips of players and you go, oh, look at that goal. You know, we saw YouTube clips of Andy Lyons scoring headers, scoring from left wing back, from right wing back, you know, scoring some brilliant goals. And we're all going, wow, can't wait till till we actually get an actual right back fit in January. And he came in and he did everything that he did on YouTube, which is very rare. (laughs) Sometimes you watch YouTube clips, you're like, well, where has that player come from? Um, So... With Andy Lyons, I, I I fully expect Critch to, to give him a license to go do what you want. Get in the box for corners. If you want to take a shot from 30 yards, take a shot. If you want to go on a mazy run, go on a mazy run. Um, he's got a lot in his locker. And I, I, I think we'll struggle to keep him next season, irrespective of what league we're in. I wouldn't be shocked if he ended up top-end championship, low-end Premier League. I think he's that good. Yeah, I mean, he's got, he's got, he's young, isn't he? He's got a massive a future ahead of him. He's very enthusiastic as well. So, was um, it Shamrock Rovers he got picked up from? Was I right in thinking yeah. that? Yeah. yeah, yeah, it will be for a fee reasonably well. I, I, think, feel, I, I feel Ireland, like but... a lot of people who come over from Ireland now tend to do quite well over here because there are quite a number of lower league teams that are now picking yeah. players up from Ireland. There's a lot that end up hitting. Charlton have got a lad called Will Keener who's wanted to keep an eye on this season. Got him from St Patrick's, it might have been. Yeah, it, that was um, quite a, sh- a shock that he went to, to Cheltenham as well, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, he was told to go somewhere else bigger as well. But we'll, we'll go. We'll go back to the, the defence. Um, I, I personally, do, I mean, do you want husband at centre back, Kurt, or would you prefer Connolly there, or do you think that's that's fixed and you're happy with that back three? Um, I don't want either of them there. I want a better quality of player there if I'm being honest we're picking our team for Saturday I know but husband done nothing for three weeks husband is what (laughs) we've got husband's what we've got and husband's what we'll go for Um, I think at this level husband is very very good Um, you know he gets a bit exposed at championship level but at this this level I think husband is perfectly fine especially with a player like Marv who has the pace to cover any you know brain farts that husband has you know Marv's already shown it in that hips game He's on it, you know, goal line clearances, his brain's in. Um, you know, we didn't really have the best of Marv at times last season, but I think he's going to really step up this year, Marv, with a real solid partner next to him in in, in Pennington that he can rely on. Um, he couldn't rely on his centre-back partners last year. So um, I think with Marv next to him, I think husband's perfectly fine for the weekend. 
Lovely. Um, Martin onto the midfield kind of picks itself, but we've also got some decisions to make um, in terms of maybe Kerry and Morgan and who plays in, in, in the defensive midfield. So who's your who's your midfielders? If we were going with a three, I mean, I'd personally like to see um, uh, Norburn, Dougal and Kerry. I, I think Sonny Kerry will have a really big season this year. I think he showed glimpses of it last year. Um, in a in a higher level, um, I think he's a good player. I think he's got ability to to maybe get you know seven to ten goals this season, um, and and show us what he's all about. There's 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 a few, isn't there, in our squad that have got maybe something to prove, and I think he's one of them. So so my and I and I just think Kenny Dougal at this level is very comfortable, and and Norburn speaks for itself, and and I I think those three would be the three that I would pick, but but he may well throw in Morgan because he's he obviously likes him. That's why I signed him. But um, but they would be my three. Kurt, do you have any difference of opinion there? Um, I would do something different. Um, I would have Carey with less responsibility to be coming back. I'd have him sat off Lavery with a real remit to create, to get get on the ball, to, to kind of control that attacking sort of shape. Um, I'd probably have Norburn and Tribal. I can't even say Norburn. It's not difficult, is it? Uh, Norburn and Tribal with... I, I, I've I've seen clips of Kenny and he's back. Kenny's back. You know, scoring goals, getting assists. King Kenny's back. Um, I'd get Kenny in there um, with a license to get forward. No more corner taking for King Kenny. That's done. We don't need you to take corners anymore. <laughs> there's Norburn, there's, there's Grimshaw, whoever else takes the corners. Um, Kenny is just in the box. Grimshaw? Anybody but Kenny. Like, Grimshaw I, takes <laughs> corners on Saturday. I'm walking out. I'm not having that. You've, you've not watched Kenny Dougal take corners for the last three seasons. So you'll and he scored. He scored from a set piece as well. He so scores. He gets, he gets scores, goals. He scored, he scored for, in a corner against Oxford in the playoffs. I don't understand why the guy is taking the corners. Let anybody from else the do it. Best assist you'll ever see from Ballard. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So just stop taking the corners is my only thing that I want to see from Kenny Dougal this season. Yeah, we, we've got the ability to have a really strong midfield, haven't we? With with leaving the the forward thinking players to do to do what they want, and that's Kerry and Lavery. So you say Tribal, Dougal, and Norburn. Yeah, and I've not even mentioned Matty Virtue, who I think at uh, this level had a relatively good season. Has Lincoln. that Wrexham link disappeared? By the way, or is not that yet. It's not. I think there's probably stuff to come in the next two weeks and yeah, I think the Moxon interview and I don't think that's going away because I think Adam Simpson said we've done all we can and then Moxon said today obviously he's looking forward to a new season is your head going to be turned and he said I'm just focused on being fit and playing football so I think with Simpson saying that and it could just be two and two and make him five but I think there's still something there with Moxon and maybe Banks is going to go away more than Moxon and it will come out of the blue but we'll have to see in the next few weeks but with with those three, are you leaving Kerry and Lavery as the final two? If I've got the shape right, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, no room for Morgan, even though he's featured every game off the bench. And CJ off the bench. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That picks the team. Um, we'll, we'll we'll get that put out on X. I'm never going to get used to saying that ever again, but um, we'll get that put out. But um, I think that's a pretty strong lineup and and one. Um, sorry, that should get a result at the weekend, providing sort of we're at the races and we don't allow for any sort of lapses in concentration. So we'll have to see what comes of that, but we'll, we'll get that put out so you can see it on, on social media a bit later on. Um, moving on for the last sort of three or four minutes, we're going to go on to social questions. Um, Ed, I'll start with the two for you. So you've been waiting patiently while we pick our team. So 
Mark Watson is, is asked how well Burton ran financially. You said you've been punched above your weight for a long time, but how well structured are you as a club? Yeah, I I, I mean, a lot of fans will think this way, but I don't think we've got one of the best chairmen in England, in Ben Robinson, who has been associated with the club now for more than 50 years, running as chairman since the mid-1970s. Everything that Burton have done these last 20, 30 years is because of him because he's always allowed the club to always operate within their means, never spend over the budget and always just been so focused on having the right people in, having good people in the building. Everyone everywhere who's ever been at Burton or is at Burton talks about how there is such a collective spirit there, such a family spirit. It's one of the big selling points of the club. Being able to use St George's Park for your training facilities is an added bonus as well because obviously we're in the Burton area, so that's quite handy to have but Burton have always been this club even in I think we won the few clubs in our championship era to actually be generating a profit because most teams lose money in the championship and I think we still managed to operate with a profit from the season even though we were relegated that year because we just did not allow ourselves to spend over the odds to try and stay up we went and made a competitive side had a go at it come back down and have always continued to operate and it's it's handy because the club of Burton's size if they did get into trouble would just plummet it's just the way it is yeah it's the nature of the beast, isn't it? Mm. Um, John Harriers has asked, um, well, I don't feel we're dark horses, but do you think we are dark horses this season or do you think we were expected to get I don't promoted? I think you can fall into dark horse, can you? Because I've seen lots of people no. fancy you. Yeah. So I don't, I don't think that really works, no. Um, I'm, I'm quite confident about you guys having a good chance of top six. I'm quite keen to see my point proven, is my feeling. I'm I'm very low on confidence heading into this opening game. I would. I'm very much in the happily have a point stage. Happily have a drab nil nil. Put myself through it and go back over the nil nil. Go back down on the train with the nil nil from Blackpool South Station if I get the chance. So uh, I'm quite curious to see if, if I can. Uh, I've had a pre-season prediction that I've just put out, and I have you guys fourth in mine. It's a feeling of I'm quite happy with where I've, I've got you in that. A lot of excitement for what you guys have ahead, and I quite like think this opening day is going to give me a chance to see. Yeah, I'm right to feel that way about them. Well, hopefully not, but hopefully yes. <laughs> um, Kurt, we'll come to you. Um, we'll get a good a couple more questions before the hour is up. Um, I think we all agree. One of the questions from Dan Franks is: Are we going to the season undercooked? I think we're probably undercooked in the sense that we haven't got uh, you know that second attacker to partner Lavery, so we're going to have to go with with a with with a system that suits sort of carry working with Lavery. So I think we are undercooked in in that essence. Um, um, sorry, the other question I was going to ask is who, what position, uh, because Martin already said at the start of the pod, do you think we should prioritise next? Sounds like less centre-backs than the way you're talking. <laughs> uh, what position should we prioritise next? Yeah, what do you, what do you think? You know, other people think striker, but what do you think? I, I, I want a Gary Medine, but not Gary Medine type striker, a Chris Martin type striker that has a bit of experience, can, you know... Multiple years of championship experience um, as a second option. You know, Lavery is is uh, brilliant, but we're going to come up against different types of defences, you know, different types of problems. You know, we're going to go 60, 70 minutes trying to break teams down and struggle. Um, okay, let's try something different. Let's bring on a different type of player. Um, I don't think Carl Joseph will be a million miles away from Lavery. I don't think he's a big battering ram of a lad. I think he's six foot, isn't he? And he's from from videos I've seen and, and games that I've watched him. So I think a plan B slash C is needed. Um, uh, yeah, we seem to be going after centre-backs and, and more attacking midfielders when I think 
I want to see what Carey can deliver and Morgan and, and Dale, you know, we've not even mentioned Dale on this pod. Um, he scored a couple of goals in pre-season. He, he you know, had a great finish against Sibernian. Um, but why can't he have a great season? You know, time for him to make his mark. You know, did well at, at Portsmouth. Um, in fact, you did mention him earlier on um, when he was at Portsmouth. So, um, you know, I, I think we've got a bit of strength and depth across different players. We've got utility players like Connolly who can cover five or six different positions. Um, for me, the one, I think, yeah, striker is the, the one for me. Yeah, OK. All in agreement then. Um, we'll finish with Tangerine Dave's question. Martin, I'll come to you to finish off. Um, would you prefer to see youth or experience when it comes to loans? I don't know how much experience you can get on loan. And we said we we talked about this again before. At, at youth, I think I think um, some uh, maybe a couple of uh, raw wingers from from a Premier League academy. Um, I mean, great if we can get an experienced player, but I think wingers we need we need some some young some uh, you know young up and coming players. Uh, hopefully from from somewhere like Liverpool or City or Everton or wherever. But yeah, I, I think we're going to go with youth. I, I can't see us getting experienced loan players in. I, I just don't think they're available on loan if they're experienced. They're either playing or they want they want to move um, permanently. Um, but just just quickly, very quickly, talk about Chris Martin. Um, still hasn't gone anywhere. So you know, five weeks after the rumor was was was. Uh, was first mooted. He, he, you never know. He might still come. He might still be really desperate and need, need a, a League One club in the northwest to play for. Who knows? It, it came from Darren Whitgrove as well, who's got Norburn and a few right that we've been linked to. So it, there must have been something there. And Critchley really liked him at QPI. Signed him, didn't he? Instead of really like him. So we'll, we'll have to see if that comes towards the end of the window. And um, what I wouldn't do for Billy Sharp, hey, that would be us. Oh, yeah. You can give it, give us the title oh, now. I'm surprised he um, hasn't gone somewhere yet. Yeah, there's a few that hasn't got away them in the yeah. in the EFL. Um, we're going to end with a results prediction, but just before that, Ed, um, have you got any questions for the panel or sort of any sort of yeah, any passing comments? I don't think he's the one who's been discussed yet, but uh, Jake Beasley. I remember him. I mean, we're going quite low down here, so I think I know what the answer's going to be. But um, I never mind him at Rochdale. I thought he was a decent young looking striker, decent size to him. And has, has the move to Blackpool just been too big a step up for him, would you say? So he got injured um, and didn't play for a very long time. He got a couple of goals against Birmingham. He just hasn't looked at the races. And he's supposed to be the, a big partner, isn't he, for, for a small striker. And he's neither fast, mobile or, or, or found that killer instinct yet. So I know he can finish. You know, he... He's shown at Rochdale he can score, you know, decent penalties. He can score from outside the box, but he he's just not brought that form to, to the table. And the fact that he didn't, he hasn't started some games with Lavery says we're going to be edging away from not using him. Will he come on in games? Who knows? I think so, because um, like Kurt said, we might not have a striker in that who 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 we need to try something different with. Um, maybe he needs a goal or two, but he just doesn't seem to be that good, if I'm honest. And yeah, that's why we'll be looking in the market, I think, to re- to replace him. And is or, there a or, chance that at the back, Oliver Casey and Doug Tom stay part of the squad? Do they go out again? They were in League One, obviously, last year with Thoris Green and Accrington. I personally think that I would like to see how Farm um, does. I really like him. I think he's raw, but I think he, he can be a really good player. For me, Casey can either go permanently, in, in my opinion. I don't think he's going to have that relationship neither with the fans or the club. I don't know if you agree, Kurt. 
He was player of the season at Forest Green. I know they got relegated, but defence wasn't uh, their only issue. Um, we're playing three at the back. You need two backups, right? So, um, Doug, weirdly enough, I watched Doug Tharn play against Gloucester for Southport about three years ago, and I was quite easy unit, and he's good on the ball. And then we signed him, which was interesting. Um, I, I like them as backups. I mean, if we bring someone in loan, then I would say Casey is the one to go out of the two. Um but if we don't bring anyone in, we keep them in. Um, you know, Marv's been injured in the last 12 months. Um, husband is success, you know, suspect to the odd head injury or su- those sorts of things. So, um, yeah, see what they can do at this level. Any more, Ed? I, I asked you guys pre-recording, but I suppose we could do it now. Take Lamar Trusty, Luke Mariette. I know they haven't been given squad numbers potential to maybe we want a couple of those shipped out to other clubs maybe in league two or potentially league one i have to confess that i i don't do not know enough about either of them i haven't seen them play enough which you know which is probably probably to my detriment really i haven't i haven't seen them but i i feel with players like that Ed, we've probably got to, there's probably too much traffic in their way yeah Whereas, whereas we were talking about Casey and, and Tom, we've got EFL Trophy to play in, and, and there's 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 centre backs there that that need to be rotated or rested. I think these guys are too far down the line to probably have an opportunity. So, so maybe you know uh, League Two or, or or maybe the National League. I don't know. You you, you know, I, I haven't seen enough of them. In, in it's interesting that Lancashire, one of our young and up and coming, has been given a squad number. So, um, seems to be uh, seems to have got a bit of of game time in in the. Um, in the pre-season so probably loan deals for both of those two I would have thought yeah I don't think it would be too hurt if either of them went um, permanently either. I think like like Martin said if you want to progress unfortunately they haven't made the cut in the previous years so I think yeah I think that'd be much for much um, we've gone a bit a bit over the hour mark but um, we're going to start oh sorry I should say finish with um, our predictions for Saturday and it'd be rude for me not to start with the guest and don't put you right on the this. spot I hate uh, doing these. Blackpool at home, of course, um, at Bloomfield Road. What is your prediction for Saturday, Ed? Five all. Because it never lands <laughs> what I predict anyway, so let's go for it anyway. Five all. Shane Lavery hat trick. Cole Stockton hat trick. Ekpatek can have two. Sam Hughes can have two. Let's let's start with a thriller and make us top of the year. They'll highlight show for the weekend. And if you were being realistic, what would your prediction be? Five five. <laughs> <laughs> no, um... Uh-huh. I, I, I'm, I'm picturing this idea of maybe a, a 2 0 Blackpool win that's won the second half. It's my realistic one, if I'm being truthful. Okay. Cut. Um, Burton are leading in the record, by the way. The Burton have beat us three times. We've beat them twice and we've drawn twice. They so actually ahead. Them. Yeah, I know. You went, first time we played you was 2015. Interesting. 2 mm. 1 um, with the Lavery penalty in there. Um, maybe an X letter header as well. Okay, 2 1. And Martin? Um, Ed, I'm, I'm sorry. Because you seem really nice. Three uh, 0 Blackpool. I'm never coming back if it's three 0 <laughs> Not happening. Listen, I remember the first time we played you at Bloomfield Road in El that in ill, ill-fated Jose that We do not forget that game. Uh, was it Tuesday night? It would have been. Yeah, our um, attacking midfielder Dutch guy got a free kick last minute, didn't he? Scored two. Yes, it was. We were yes. absolutely atrocious that day. But no, I, I think I think a three 0 win. It might take a little bit of time to get the shackles off, but I think once we get going, pff, blimey, you'll want to leave at half time. <laughs> I'm going to more of a humble um, game. I think it'll be a game of um, working each other out initially, and I do think we'll have a little bit too much quality. And I'm going to go just, with a two 0 I just like something a little bit better than last year because we had Wickham Wonders away, 
uh, last year. And we were 3-0 down in 30 minutes. And it's, it's just, it just was an atrocious start to last season. And uh, if we can make it to 10 minutes without continuing a goal, we'll have improved on last year. So let's hope we can, we can do that for this one on this occasion. No, of course. Well, on that note, um, and my 2-0 prediction... Uh, we're going to end the pod there. At one hour ten in, Ebba Ed, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on, and I really appreciate giving you giving us your time this evening, giving you everything. But an Albion and 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 Blackpool, your opinions on those two? I appreciate that. It's good. I'm looking forward. It's been a while since I've been up to Bloomfield, actually. So worthwhile trip, worth doing it to Burton, make the way up on the day, and uh, it's hopes an enjoyable occasion. Yeah, um, and Kurt, nice to have you back on. Thanks very much for this evening. That's all right. I'm at a wedding in Blackpool at three o'clock on Saturday, which is extremely, <laughs> extremely upsetting. Um, I'll be watching it via VPN on my phone. It's <laughs> a long toilet break. <laughs> um, just not, you're not best man, are you? No, but you, it, weddings get boring at three till five, don't they? So if I just disappeared, you know, it's only Ray Green. It's only a couple of miles away. Might go missing for a few hours. Fantastic! <laughs> in the north stand in your suit, <laughs> um, and Martin. Martin, once again, thanks for thanks for giving your opinions. Thanks for coming on. Nice, Kurt. Don't worry about it. I once left a wedding reception uh, when Blackpool at home to Huddersfield on Valentine's Day and sacked it off and went to the game, which which was I never ever got forgiven for. So you know you you can do it, mate, if you want to. But yeah, thanks guys. Thanks Ed. Love lovely to meet you, Ed. Really, best of luck for the season. I mean, after Saturday, but I mean that good good luck. Likewise. And from uh, me at the It's Not Orange podcast, uh, thank you for tuning in and episode five. um, Please give us five stars on Spotify and any sort of streaming platforms. And we look forward to bringing you episode six next week where we will look back on this game um, and hopefully um, a positive result for the Seasiders. Good evening, good night, uh, good afternoon or good morning, however you're listening. And we look forward to seeing you next week. (laughs) 